This is Walks of Life by In the Know and Some Friends. Hi, my name is William. My name is Hi, I'm 15 years old and I'm in the southernmost part of the United States. Life hasn't always been the best for me, especially growing up. I've had like hard, hard, hard tribulations in my life where I was sort of bullied for having like scars and stuff that I don't want to say normal people, but like, yeah, basically normal people don't have, which it kind of led me to distance myself. And it caused me to blame people that I shouldn't have blamed. And I actually burned bridges with a lot of people that had nothing to do with anything that was going on with that. The story starts when I was left with the babysitter. It was time for me to um, take a bath. And the babysitter ended up leaving and going to work. And I was left there with her son and her daughter. So she told her son to bathe me while she was at work. And her son put the water on the max heat. And um, I had severe burns to the right leg. And she called my parents. She told them, oh, can you guys bring, like, napkins or send over someone to bring napkins? I had a little spill on the baby. So my mom and my dad, not thinking anything of it, they get over there and they're talking to the lady. She's like trying to avoid the fact that whatever happened just happened. So my mom is like trying to get into the house or whatever. And it's like she's trying to block her from getting to the house. Finally, they all talk their way into the house. And I was sitting in like a car seat or something like that. And as my mom walked, closer to where I was she pulled the blanket off of me the lady and my dad they're talking having a conversation in the kitchen and my dad hears my mom scream because my mom pulled off the blanket and it was revealed to her that I had severe burns to the right leg like it wasn't no skin on there like and my eyes was as big as I don't know what like my eyes were just huge like because I was in the state of shock and I was rushed to the burn unit. My mom and the lady, they exchange words. My dad and her, they were just arguing. The police arrives and the guy who's my doctor to this day still, he told my mom, if you guys wouldn't have made it here in the time that you made it here, your child would have died because I was in so much shock. It was like bad for that to happen to me at such a young age. It's pretty crazy. So. Um, from that day forward, I was in and out of the hospital five to six months. I ended up seeing the babysitter twice. Oh my gosh. The first time I saw her, like a long time ago, I saw her at the church and she gave me 20 bucks and I didn't recognize the woman. I'm like, auntie, why is she giving me like money? Like, who is this lady? And then my aunt turned around. She told me, she was like, oh, that's the lady who burned you when you were, you know, a little bit younger. And I was like, what? Oh, really? And I was angry for so long. And that was during an era where 
I had so much built up anger towards everybody who I felt like was involved because I just felt like nobody was like, you know, helping me or anything. That's just how I felt at the time. I just felt angry. I lashed out a lot on everybody. I was an angry soul. Like it was just like that bad for me. So I had to go to physical therapy. I was in a cast for a while. I had so many skin grafts that it was crazy. And I'm still not perfect. My life is just in and out of surgery. I have so many scars. Like the burn scars were just like in one area. My scars from my surgery created my leg to be like much worse. And for so long, I blamed my parents. I blamed my grandmother. I blamed so many people, even like my close aunt. I blamed her. My parents were like the main blame in this. I had so much built up anger and I heard that the lady's daughter did it. I heard that the lady did it. I heard that the lady's sons did it. It's not like just one story to all of this. I don't remember this stuff. The babysitter, she was pretty non-remorseful. Like she didn't care that she had done this. Like she was trying to victim blame. Like she was blaming my family. She was like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have left him with me if I was so untrustworthy and blah, 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 blah. And my mom was like, I never called you untrustworthy. You put that picture on yourself and she's out here and she's still babysitting other people's children. Now, listen, I can forgive you for what you did because I am a very forgiving person. One thing that I can't forgive you for, though, is the fact that like why can't you just own up to it and be like, hey, yeah, I did something wrong. Um, I'm truly sorry. Like, I apologize. I really wish your family well. And I'm so sorry for what I put you guys through. I should have been home to babysit you and all of that. Let's talk about what I'm going through, first of all. Let's, let's talk about school-wise. Like, I don't think I ever wore shorts in middle school. I always wore jeans, joggers, sweatpants because I was always too afraid to show the scars. Now it's like, I don't care. Like people are always gonna talk. They're always gonna have something to say. So, I mean, who cares about what a certain person has to say about my life? Cause first of all, I actually went through something traumatic. I actually am still going through something. So it's like, who cares what you feel about my life? Who cares what you think? Your opinion does not matter on my life. Just because you have a few scars that you need to hide, you look a certain way, you are different from everybody else, you still have a reason. You're not less than anybody because of how you look or your scars. You are worth just as much as everybody on this earth. Now, my life outside of school growing up, I wouldn't say it was better than school and I wouldn't say it was worth. It was kind of like, there was a lot of people that would come up to me and they would be like, what happened to you or what's going on? And a lot of people find that rude and it depends on the situation. Like if you were pointing a finger at me and staring at me and laughing and giggling at me at the way I walk, cause I walk with the limp, then it's weird to come up to me and be like, what happened? I'm gonna find that very disrespectful. But if you're just so genuine and we just looked at each other and then you look down and you're like, oh wow, what happened? Are you okay? Something like that. That's a little more genuine. I'm gonna take less disrespect if you ask me that way. Most people, they don't take much offense to a lot of things. Like now I'm one of those people. Then like if you would have caught me a few years ago, it would have been me breaking down in front of you, dropping tears everywhere because I used to be such a sensitive person. That's kind of how like this whole thing goes. 
you can't continue to judge somebody that obviously does not care what you have to say because there's a lot of people they will sit and just judge you based off your appearance and not how you think that's not appropriate like that's not right you don't judge people based off their appearances and I don't get along well with judgmental people because you're not supposed to feel like you're better than anybody because you're not all of us are equal and there's only a few people who I think I am able to tell the story to because I get judged so much by even some of my friends and I don't think they mean it in that way I don't really know but they would look at me up and down and be like are you serious like this happened to you seriously like you're for real and I have to respond like yeah like that's what happened and on the outside it's just like you gotta kind of deal with it not make any faces but on the inside I'm breaking down like on the inside I am breaking down like I am I feel sick to my stomach because of what you just said to me. I feel sick to my stomach because of how you just looked at me. It makes me cry on the inside. But on the outside, it's like I have to stand up and be like a soldier on the outside and be like, your words does not matter to me. You have to really try to get comfortable in your own skin. You know, like, I had to get comfortable with these scars that I had. Like, I I had to embrace them. Like, this is me. Is either you take it or you leave it. My first year of high school, I wore shorts. That was on the first day of school. Everybody was so shocked. They was like, wow. Like, they were whispering. They were staring at me. They pointed. Oh, his leg looks. Oh, my gosh. Why is his knee? Why doesn't one knee look like the other? And they were just staring, giggling, laughing, cackling, cracking up. And I just walked to school with me and all my confidence in my limp leg. I didn't have a care in the world of what people felt or thought about me. Like, it was just like, okay, I don't care. Like, you know, think what you think. Say what you want. <laughs> this part makes me a little bit emotional, a little bit. Because I met a friend, and she's also a burn survivor. And it makes me feel like I'm not in this alone. And, and I'm not saying this is a good thing, because it's not. She's also in and out of surgery, so I don't have to go through this alone. I wasn't alone before. Like, I have my parents telling me every day that they love me and that they're here and they're going through this with me. But what I mean by, like, alone is that, like, nobody's physically going through this. Nobody has a knee or leg injury that they need help going through, you know? I, like, like, a lot of people, they can just get out of bed, walk out their house, you know, put on a little lotion, brush their teeth and stuff. I have to apply cream. I have to do stretches. I have to measure my leg to report to my therapist what's bending correctly, what bones seem like it's not growing right because of the tight skin on my leg. And the worst news of a burn survivor is when the doctor tells you, oh, there's nothing more I can do about the skin. You're just going to have to deal with it. It's kind of like, dang, like... I don't even have a chance of getting into my better skin. I'm just gonna be stuck with whatever tight skin grafted skin that I'm here with. There's no such thing as perfect, but I want my leg to be perfect. I want it to be as good looking as everybody else's. I wanna walk normally. I don't wanna walk with the limp anymore. My doctor, he's a really nice guy. Like, he's been my doctor since it happened. Like, when I walked into his office, he was like, oh my gosh, you got so tall. Like, you got so big. I haven't seen you in a while. Like, you know, I really want to send a thanks to my doctor and tell him how much I thank him for being here on this long 
roller coaster. I am so like thankful for the people that is in my corner and the people that has been in my corner for the longest of all long times. Like I have a friend, my best friend, who's been here for eight years and he texts me every day like, you know, how's the surgery? His mom texts and writes my mom like, how did surgery go? How's life with you guys? You know, they call, they check up on me. It's just the little things that count. I'm also doing the same things for them. Like, I'm like, you know, I hope life is good. You know, how's the dog and stuff like that. It's like the little things that matter in life. You have to help people with certain things in life that they don't have help at all going through. I'm like so happy right now because I'm getting to, you know, release all of this emotion and all of these words out that has been choking me up for so many years and so long I'm getting to release it all I'm getting this all out and I've been trying to find someone to talk to about this for so long and it's like every time somebody else wants to talk to me about their problems I'm there a hundred percent but when I want to talk to somebody about my problems it's never the same energy people always they just want me to be there for them but they don't want to be there for me and once they use you up for all your energy and all your good wishes, it's like they want to keep coming back for more until you don't, you know, have any more energy for yourself. That can't happen because I have to save time and energy to help me cope with my bad mental, to help me cope with things that, you know, matter to me in life. Like if there's a person that's going through what I'm going through, you can try these things to take your mind off of it. You can do breathing exercises and that'll totally take your mind off of everything. You just focus on your breath and not thinking about all your insecurities will put you on a path to where you can just one day be like, I don't care about being insecure and being a certain way. You're just focused on trying to maneuver better, go to your future path like me. And, um... I really felt comfortable getting this off of my chest. This was a big opportunity for me to just release all of that, to just lay everything on the table and get it off of my chest because I feel like I deserve to be listened to. I'm too young to go through all of this, like, you know, by myself. I see myself going up. Like, I see myself being successful. I have higher self-esteem. My confidence is at an all-time high right now. Like, I see myself doing much better than a few years ago. I feel like I have a meaning. I have a future. I have so much in store for myself. And I'm not going to let people determine whether I am going to be this or whether I'm going to be that. I'm going to determine that myself. You are not living for anybody else. You are only here for one person, and that is you. My main and final message to everybody listening on this podcast, no matter what people look like, no matter what type of scars, injuries they have, or how different they look from you, treat everybody equally. Life is produced by In The Know, Some Friends, and Salt. It was created by Kareem Rama. Executive producers for In The Know are Alexander Hughes and Jordan Walker. Senior producer for In The Know is Alexandra Katsalis. 
Executive producers for Some Friends are Kareem Rama, Andrew Kuo, Kehlani Esparza, and Eamon Ismail. Original audio production, music, and sound design by Salt. Executive producers for Salt are Noah Gersh, Jamie Sheffman, Nick Panama, and Kenzie Wilbur. Salt head of production, Liz LeMay. Salt head of engineering, Jordan Galvin. Salt head of post-production, Robert Adler. Edited and mixed by Parisa Kazemi. Sound design and additional audio editing by Noah Kowalski. Original music and composition by Jasper Van Dyke, courtesy of Extreme Music. <laughs> <laughs>